warning. The Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. If you think you may be too weak to withstand the manliness represented in the following program, please do yourself a favor and stop listening now. If you choose to continue in spite of this warning, if at any time you feel yourself overcome by the manliness, stop immediately and consult your closest medical professional. And now, for the not-so-fair, faint, or frilly, we present The Catholic Man Show. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles on this very chilly Sunday evening. It's a little chilly. A little little rainy. A little little drizzly. Dreary. We are sans Juan this evening. We are without him. So... This will be interesting to see how Alas. it goes. We were like looking around, like, "Hey, how do we, how do we do this again? What, what buttons do we push?" Right. In fact, I think if you are on the live stream right now, it took us quite a while to get going, but we were streaming while you guys were uh, watching us figure this out. Uh, we also forgot to. <laughs> we were like, "Okay, we got it going." Uh, I can't. Uh, we forgot to pray. Is everything okay? Yep. Okay, just making sure. See, we're up. So the, after checking. the last episode, I was up here with Father Carvajal, showing him a bunch of stuff, messing with a bunch of stuff. Oh. One of them was the levels on our on our mics. Oh. And I just remembered. So, you just so remembered? It, it's good. We're good. Okay, good. Just don't yell. Jim uh, is. Oh yeah, Jim is here as well. Our white chocolate porter. Lucky to have him here. He loves it. He, he ha- I he, can't tell you how much he loves it when we say that. He has the uh, very warm Catholic Man Show stocking cap Looking on. very good. Look at that. There Boom, it is. There it is. You can find Look that at, at thecatholicmanshow.com slash store. Really funny story about these hats. Adam and I were in Pennsylvania a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> we're speak a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. It was at the end of last year. Right. And we're speaking. And so like they gave us a table, but we didn't. You know, we're flying in. We didn't really have stuff to put on the table. We did, but we just didn't want to bring it. Well, we didn't have it with us, is what I mean. Right. We did. So we, we did have some hats. And so we put the hats out. And we're sitting there. We were speaking at the end of the conference. and Bat and clean up. Yeah. And so we're sitting at a table with like seven or eight beanies. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and so people kept coming up to us and saying... What what are these? Yeah, and they'd look at their so like you know we've got like a leather logo on the front kind of it's like a, a it's mountainous nice. camping scene. Yeah, um, and finally, <laughs> after like the third or fourth guy that came up and asked me the same question, the guy at one of the vendor tables next to me just looks over, and goes, someone goes, so uh, what are these for? And I'm sitting there trying to explain like, well, my partner who's not here right now. Because you were off like getting coffee or something. We have a podcast. And and the guy's like, Yeah, so what are the hats for? Right? <laughs> and and like it kept happening. So finally this guy's like, What what are these for? And the, and the guy at the vendor table next to me goes, They're to keep your head warm. 
And I was like, thank you. Yes. Thank you, sir. Uh, sir, they're to keep your head warm. That's what they're for. They're beanies and they keep your head warm. We have a podcast. <laughs> have a good day. We'll also be speaking at the end of the conference. You can, Yes, it's free. You can have it. I hope your head stays warm. Then we got this, an old guy that came up and goes, oh, my, my granddaughter would really like this. And we're like, that's cool. Okay. She probably would. Yep. <laughs> And he took one. We're like, does, All she right. freq- does she frequently L- complain listen. about chilly head? Yeah. Or listen to yes, the Catholic she would. She will love it. Okay, so a first of the Catholic Man Show this evening. Uh, we are going to try a French whiskey. I didn't even know the French <laughs> made whiskey. I didn't know they had it in them. <laughs> but they but do. Apparently si- they single do. Single barrel French. Now, if you're on the... Uh, Maybe it's really good. The, the stream, you can tell why... I- why we went ahead and bought bought the bottle because it's not a bottle it's a handmade eighth century night is it handmade the bottle is handmade Handmade. what does that mean uh i don't know that's just what they that's how they market it at least um but it's a eighth century night i wonder if handmade means that they like i don't think i actually said what the name of it was it's uh chivalry Mm -hmm. french whiskey single barrel 40% 40% ABV. Uh, let's I, try it. Let's, you have to unscrew the, you have the to rip helmet. The, you rip the head off. You rip the, Which I like. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, this is one of those whiskeys, like, it could be terrible. We don't know. because So it was a 60, I think it was about a $60 bottle. 30 of that is the bottle itself. I, I mean, let's be honest. The let's bottle. Give, let's give credit where it's due. Yeah. It is a sweet bottle. And after, even if we don't drink any more of this after tonight, it will make a cool thing to, to put e- in. Even, the even if this whiskey is so terrible, we have to pour it out. God forbid. Right. At least we'll still have this the awesome b- bottle, <laughs> bottle that we can do other stuff with in the future. So it says like, uh, it features a custom-made, handmade bottle resembling a knight from the eighth century. The mastery of each handmade bottle extends to the liquid inside with a crafted blend of French whiskey. You'll experience notes of gentle malt, honey, vanilla, and oak. So the detail on the bottle is really pretty high. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm impressed. So the blend, so it's with a blend, and it's only a two-year aged whiskey. So, okay, at least the the youngest of the blend. It is a light color, lighter yeah. color. So let's try it. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers, Jim. Honestly, it smells pretty good. It does smell good. Yeah. A sense of cinnamon, mm-hmm. apples, tart, vanilla. Yeah. It's got, um, it's kind of a, it's, kind of, it's a sweet smell. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, oh, it, it's it's probably going to have a really be hot on the nose. Being only two years old, well, it, it could be most of it could be well older than that, but not. You don't look like those are happy faces. Uh, the palette is very non non-existent almost. Yeah, and okay. then the finish has a little bit of a a little bit of a finish. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. There's nothing in it that's bad. But like the palate, in the, like when you're drinking, you're like, wait, is 
Is this a whiskey? Wait, where'd it go? Where'd you go? Yeah. <laughs> Am I swishing around water or is this whiskey? Yeah. Uh, it's Yeah. I mean, there could be more flavor. <laughs> I'll it's, say. It's, there's not a lot of flavor. You almost didn't break Exodus 90 drinking this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jim said uh, we almost didn't break Exodus like, 90 by doing could, this. You could almost drink this on Exodus 90 yeah, and not violate the rules. It does. Yeah, it does not. Uh, Although, once again, it's not bad. So, let's mm-mm. say you are trying to get into the whiskey game. Uh, this could be a really great whiskey to start off on because it's not going to offend you. It's, I got to tell you, I, I don't think I've ever had a whiskey where on the palate I go, you know what, I don't think I could tell you a flavor. It's really bizarre. I mean, the finish, then the, the finish, you actually do get a little bit of uh, vanilla and oak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the end, there is some, you're right, vanilla and oak, maybe some apple, uh, but... But that's it. Uh, when uh, it's in like, your mouth, it's, it, yeah. It is. I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> I don't either. How it's, do you pull that off in a beverage? It's impressive. The bottle, though. You know what, dude, though? This would the be bottle. the bottle. The bottle is awesome. Check that out. I'm but not kidding. It, it is, is a nice bottle, but, but when I saw it, I told Adam, I'm a little bit suspicious because that bottle so is so nice. It makes me think What's inside this, is this, not. this conversation took place. Guys, it's just not selling. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to spend uh, 15 to $20 on a bottle, uh, and we're going to double the price. Because it was $60. Bucks. I'll bet I mean, this, yeah, 65 actually, I'll bet this used to sell for like 30 or under until mm-hmm. they put this sweet bottle out on the shelf. Well, it was well done. Well done by the Frenchmen's. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, what's it? It's called Chivalry. Sh- chivalry, yes. I have never seen this. I haven't either. That's why store. I had to... I know. That's why I had to get it. The bottle is so nice that when you see it, you might not realize it's a bottle. You might think, oh, look at these cool knight statues they have. I wonder why they have so many of these knight statues on here with all the whiskey. Right. It's really nice. So, Dave, we are starting this week the uh, book club. I'm starting two book clubs this week. Wow. I'm starting the one on the Patreon, uh, our book club on Orthodoxy by, uh-huh. by G.K. Chesterton. Yeah. And then you and I are starting or participating in a book club uh, with Deacon Harrison Garlic and Dr. Malosh and a The Divine other Comedy. Yes. Uh, well, just the Inferno. Not, just the, the Inferno. Inferno. Yeah, just the Inferno. Uh, we're going to read that through Lent. Which I have never read before. Very excited. It's one of those books I've waited to read because I know I I knew that there is so much like there's a lot of allegory. It's a lot. It's an allegory. There's a lot of context behind what's going on, and a lot of the characters in the story are his, you know, actual historical people, mm-hmm. and the things or what they're known for in life have a lot to do with. What level of... What's happening to them in the story, right? Right. And so it was one of those... It's a book that I wanted to read with somebody who knew what was going on. I'm excited about that because Deacon Garlic is... He knows. He's, you know, he knows his stuff, especially with this book. Right. And he knew... It's very important what translation you're going to use. Right, yeah. I mean, that's very critical. And so we're using the... For those who are just curious, we're using the Mark Musa's translation from Penguin Edition... A penguin publishing. Yeah. He has great, great notes on uh, for each canto. So anyway, I'm excited about doing both of those book studies, book book clubs. We'll be right back.
Hey guys, David Niles here. For those of you who don't know, for my day job, I'm a financial advisor, so I know firsthand how difficult investing can be. That's why I was so excited when we met Mark Lozano, founder and owner of Christ-Centered Capital. Mark's mission is to provide in-depth research and analysis on which companies and organizations align with Christian values and which ones don't. Of course, he's also seeking to provide investment recommendations and stock picks that have financial potential and are also aligned with Christian values. What I really love about what Mark is doing is that he's completely transparent about why a company might be a moral investment versus another one. He leaves it up to you so that you can make informed decisions. He's not just going to say, oh, this one's moral, this one's not. He'll give all of the reasons in the research that he's done with links to articles or whatever it may be, so that you can make the most informed decisions on your own investment portfolios. Because as Catholics, we have a duty to uphold Catholic values, and the same goes with our investments. So we want to be as virtuous as we can be, and Christ-centered capital is really invaluable. It's only $7 a month for you to go and sign up to get all of his recommendations and all of his research. To me, it's a no-brainer. If you're an investor and you want more information, go to ChristCenteredCapital.com, and make sure to use promo code TCMS. 2022 for one month of free access, no obligation. That's TCMS, The Catholic Man Show, TCMS 2022. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We've got Jimbo Baggins in the house, so we feel okay. Otherwise, if it was just Adam and I, I would feel very exposed. We wouldn't even have Juan to, like, throw at a intruder or something, you know? Mm-mm. To hide behind or something. I don't know. People have asked us, why are we so worried about people coming into the into the studio? I also don't know about... The, I, I don't know. It, we don't live in a bad part of town. No. Actually, the truth is, I'm not worried about it at all. <laughs> But it makes for a good joke every now and then, I guess, so we keep doing it. <laughs> one thing about the Catholic Man is once we find one good joke, we, we just... We will stick to we it. We just oh. burn through it till it is gone. We are tenacious. Yes. Some say we persevere. Yeah, and the, th- like, the thing is, we have very little live feedback. So, you know, like, when you tell a joke that's not funny, you can get that lack of feedback... We can't even get that. Mm-mm. So we just keep going with right. it. Right. So in our minds, at least I'll tell you, in my mind, when we make these kinds of jokes, they kill. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody out there is just rolling. <laughs> uh, hey, so this week also, we have the Oklahoma Catholic Men's Conference. It's coming yes. on, on, on Saturday. I'm really excited about that because I got to tell you, we've been to, Dave, you and I have been to we've a- We've been to a few of these. We've been to uh, several men's conferences. Right? Oh, you mean like other men's conferences? Other men's conferences. Oklahoma, like, I really think that they're the best of, like, the men's conference. Top three that we've been to for sure. Definitely top three. But they have just, I think, a great great balance of how many speakers do you have versus, uh, like, downtime between speakers, other activities that are going on. Because some men's conferences I've been to, it's like, too much. It's like, all right, speaker, straight into adoration, straight into lunch, straight into, spe- you know, and it's like, yeah, uh, it just is like no a time machine to think gun about fire, it, right? right? No time to like talk about it, a talk with the guys you came with right. afterwards, you know what I mean? Um, anyway. No, no time to digest the talk. It is not too late to get your tickets. No, they're actually going to accept a hundred walk-in, walk-ins as well. But but also you could go online to what do you know? Remember it's what it uh, is? It's CatholicMen.net. CatholicMen.net. 
What a great URL. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's well actually, done. so I was talking to Ray Heffley, who is the uh, coordinator. He's, he's not the founder, but he's the coordinator. He for has a been for time. a long, long, long time. time. He's, he told me that uh, he believes that this is the longest running Catholic men's conference in the nation. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And a lot of that is due to him specifically. Right. Uh, he's got a great team. But anyway. So excited about that. Go to uh, catholicmen.net. Get your tickets. Come. It's going to be come really great. You can come see us. We'll be there. We'll, we'll have a there. table with maybe like more more than a few beanies. Maybe. Also, in some other news, uh, it's happening, people. All right? We what, are, what is we, happening? We're going on a pilgrimage to Ireland. Oh, yes. We, got, we have the deets. We have the details. The and deets, we're, we're the deets be- have been finalized. We're going to have another podcast come out very shortly that's just about that. Uh, but the first eight people to sign up before St. Patrick's Day, which is coming up soon, will get a, an extra special uh, bonus d- if you come with dinner us. Dinner with drinks. Dinner with dinner, private dinner with us on one of the evenings. With, with free drinks. Free drinks, free dinner. Free dinner, yeah, with us. So a, like Irish awesome place. So in, on a, in a distillery, I believe. Yeah. So... That's pretty. That's pretty sweet. So I want to get to the man gear because I, I actually, I, we have some good man gear stuff today. Okay. So as opposed to uh, lame man gear stuff, and I mean, like, what do we know about the man gear? I actually like looked up the history of this particular thing. Perfect. Let's yeah. Do it. So what I have in my hands, if you cannot, if you're on the podcast, uh, is a, an oscillating tool. This is a Dewalt oscillating tool. Dave, what's an oscillating tool? An oscillating tool is, is a tool that cuts stuff. Except unlike a saw where a blade spins, this goes back and forth. Vibrates almost? It almost it's like a yeah, vibrating uh, saw. And so I can I have my fingers on the blade, I can turn it on and it will not cut you. You wanna touch it? No thank you. Touch it. Come on. It's okay. All right. Last time I, I, I fell for that, my finger started bleeding. That was my finger. Oh with the it was my own pocket finger. knife? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I can't believe you knew what I was talking about. It wasn't your finger, it was my finger. <laughs> I was on my own knife. We were on... In my own hand. We were only... Like we five only, or four. I don't know how old we were, but... Under a chair. You were like, look how look how sharp this blade is, and you ran your finger right across just the just started blade. bleeding. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, the thing is, like, I remember, it didn't really even hurt. Because it was a clean cut. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it, really was, it really was sharp. <laughs> I'm surprised. My dad got it from like a vendor at, at, at work and he came home and was like, here, son, here's your first pocket knife. Anyway, so this oscillating tool is awesome. Okay, tell me about it. Uh, the oscillating tool was in, uh, it goes back to the 1800s. Um, it came, it was a development that came out of the medical field because they needed a way to cut a cast off of people without cutting, without damaging the patient again, right? Um, so they had been using circular saws to cut casts off or like hacksaws um and it was a very it took a long time and it was painful often painful for the patient right do you imagine the trust you have, to have for right. a guy is like okay use this hacksaw for my cast but, but you better not do not go too far yeah well it's like uh how do you know when to stop well when the patient starts screaming, screaming that's, that's when you know yeah. so um they needed a way and so they this company uh called fine f-e-i-n it's a tool company in germany still to this day um, they were founded in 1867. They developed the first oscillating saw that, um, because your skin is not rigid, it kind of moves back and forth. 
the it just the blade just it goes back and forth just a tiny tiny bit and so it won't cut your skin it won't cut anything that's not stiff and rigid so it will cut through a plaster cast back you know they were plaster back in the day cut through the cast today what about a, what about a rigid catholic you know <laughs> that is a good question <laughs> i mean i do not know <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I no. Anyway, so um, the reason why this is awesome is because it will cut through anything. Basically, it's sort of like a sawzall in that way, where you just put a all right, put the metal blade on, it'll cut through metal. Put the mm-hmm. wood blade on, it'll cut through wood. They have diamond blades that you can use to cut through countertops or uh, like tile, mm-hmm. um, and because of like the way they are you can get them into like nooks and crannies because the saw is only i mean that's only about an inch wide and that's just this particular one you could get narrower ones wider ones okay you know what i mean you can they have so a lot of detail work it seems like with you can do detail work with it um and they have because it's just oscillating they have all kinds you can get you can use use it for sanding they have sanding attachments like if you need a sand in like a in a nook or something like what a, about a cranny a cranny yeah dude you could you could sand all up in a cranny man so uh, it's awesome this is a i got this one recently from our friend juan posada i do he, know him he gave it to me as a thank you gift i had been helping him do some renovations in his home and which is why he's not here we, we were doing yeah he's actually still renovating mm-hmm. um he was doing some trim work and i was like look dude you're really gonna need like this is the best way to go. You could go get something called a jam saw and do it, but like, forget that. I mean, you need power tools. So um, he got me, he got me one too because I told him like I've always wanted one of these. This one's wireless. Um, find the original company. They uh, their patent expired in two thousand and six, and so they these did not really exist. These oscillating tools really did not exist in the U.S. or really anywhere outside of like professional uh or extreme hobbyists so unless you were like a carpenter or some kind of Mm -hmm. hard-working professional (laughs) you didn't have one of these in in so in 06 when the patent expired you saw dewalt uh bosch milwaukee you know they all started coming out with their own version of this oscillating tool um personally i really this is one that i really like having wire uh, having cordless mm-hmm. but um it's also one that you could you wouldn't like it wouldn't be a big deal if you had it corded because typically for most people you're using this in like one area you're not gonna it's not like a drill where you're gonna be walking around like all over a job site using your oscillating tool to cut stuff probably um however it is it is a, a bad it uses the battery pretty heavily so um, but I just like in times when I've needed or used these, it's usually for a pretty small, a small job, you know, like I need to cut something, I cut it and then I'm done. You know, it's not like I'm sitting there using it forever and ever and ever. If it is something that you're going to be used, you think you'll use a lot. It's, it probably is worth it to still actually go get the original fine because they, uh, it's F E I N. They, there's, their product is still really better. Um, Things like the vibration in the handle when you're using it mm. is about half. So if you're sitting there using that thing for a long time, it's going to really wear out your hand. In fact, I have a blister on my hand oh, yeah. from 
using my Sawzall yesterday for a long period of time. I had gloves on, but still... Were you at the Clear Creek Workday? I was at the Clear Creek Workday. I was th- I was there too. I was using my Sawzall all over the all over. The, I was just cutting stuff. You know just what I mean? Cutting things down. And so, it it's got some good vibration to it as well. So like yeah, the Beach Boys. Uh yeah, just like that actually. And so anyway, I have a blister from using it. So if you're gonna be if this is something you're gonna be using a lot, go get the. It is more expensive. What, um, what is it, the, what is the Dewalt one? Right? So this one online is like 120. Okay. If you go to Lowe's or Home Depot, it's gonna be about 140, 150. Okay. So, I'm not like trying to pump Amazon, but it is like thirty bucks cheaper, um, you mm. know. But to me, it's a if if this is a, a multi tool that you will use around the house. If so, if you're a homeowner, it's one of those tools I didn't realize that I uh, really would like. It can replace a lot of the other tools. You, like you, you probably won't need a hacksaw anymore. There's a lot of things that tools that will become obsolete once you have one of these. It's awesome. What are we going to talk about this evening? Words. Which ones? The hard ones. The hard words. Words are hard. All right. We'll be right back. One of our best episodes to date was with a guest that we had, and his name was Father Sean Donovan. He's a priest of the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma, and he is the one who introduced us to the Winged Hussars. If you have not listened to that episode, go check that out. And so when we were thinking about going on a pilgrimage to Ireland, we thought there is no better person to go with than Father Sean Donovan. He's Irish. He has forgotten more things than we will ever know. He is a holy priest, and he's a good friend of ours who loves a dram or a beer, and can help us navigate through Ireland. And that's exactly what we're going to do with Select International Tours. We have a whole pilgrimage coming up this year. It'll be in September. And it'll be like no other pilgrimage that's ever been done before. When we were organizing it with Select International Tours, they were laughing and kind of saying, I can't believe we're going to do this. This is going to be a pilgrimage like no other. We've never organized a pilgrimage like this before. And here's the reason why. We're not only going to be hitting all Catholic sites and having the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass celebrated every single day, but we're going to be having private tours in distilleries and breweries uh, for just the Catholic Command Show. So we are basically renting out distilleries all through Ireland uh, to have private tastings, to be able to try try different whiskeys that aren't available to public to the public to be able to understand how whiskey is made plus just getting a chance to see how beautiful Ireland is and all of the other Catholic sites so if you've ever thought about joining a pilgrimage if you've uh, been wanting to travel but haven't had a chance to join us on the first ever Catholic Mancho pilgrimage with Father Sean Donovan uh, vaccinations are not required uh they're easing up on all of COVID restrictions, so that should not be an excuse to not be able to come. Uh, go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow to find out more information. That's selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We hope to see you there in Ireland. Cheers. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of this chivalry French whiskey. 
my my thoughts on this whiskey has not have not changed since the beginning. I'm really trying. I'm decided not to make any French jokes because of the topic for today. It would be awfully bad for me to do that. I, so I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not going to make any of those jokes. Well done. Thank you. Way to temper yourself. Thank you. I'm so You're virtuous. So, so <laughs> virtuous. Uh, okay, so this evening we're going to talk about language. We're going to talk about words. We're going to yeah. talk about um, the importance of language, I'm assuming. Yes. So this is just something that I personally struggle with. When I go to confession... Ooh, I like to talk about things you personally struggle this with. This is it. You're going to love to. You're gonna love today's episode. Okay. Um, when I go to confession, I find myself very often confessing sins of this nature, like... Uh, just a lack of temperance with my words, right? Um, where, not that I'm saying things that are untrue, I'm simply saying things that didn't need to be said, um, that are not positive, you know? So, like, sort of, whether it's backbiting, Gosh, which we've done, episode, we've done an episode on. Um, Dang it. Aquinas calls that a, a mortal sin. Well, he calls it grave matter. Grave matter, yeah. Yeah. Good distinction. Yeah. Thank you. So, go and listen to our, if you don't know what backbiting is, go... Uh, in the search, in, like just search, you'll, you'll find it. I don't know what episode it is, but um, we did an episode on backbiting. Basically, it's where you're not gossiping about someone. You're saying true things about someone that are just not charitable. Um, and like I find myself doing that sometimes, you know? And then a couple weeks ago, we had a series of, of readings um, through the, you know, the daily readings that were all all about the words of a man, um, whether it was uh, James chapter 3, which we'll get to, um, or some from, uh, maybe it was Proverbs, I don't remember exactly what what they were, but they were just basically, they really stood out to me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, like, and so I just said, let's talk about it, because it's something that I think a lot of people probably struggle with. I think you may be the only one. <laughs> But I think this is one of the notable characteristics of saints mm. is that they have bridled their tongue and that they know and have learned how and when to remain silent. It can be very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So as I was doing some research for this episode, I was looking up Bible verses that all talk about this, and it was overwhelmed. I had no idea... How many? It's, I like. I'm pretty sure if I had listed them all, it'd be over a hundred different references in the Bible to basic like guard your words, be careful what you say. So I'm just gonna like read some of these real quickly. Okay. Um, I tried to pick ones that were a little bit different. So Exodus 20 verse seven: You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses His name. I wanted to put this one first. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. One of the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, this is a this is like the prime example of mis like using words because the things that we say matter, and um, yeah, when you profane the sacred, that is a mm-hmm. big deal, right? So it's not like oh, oh you know, it's like words are one thing, but I'm not doing anything bad. No, words are a deed themselves. That's like that's the point. That's the main thing is that the words you say can bring about spiritual harm or healing. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have to choose. We have to be wise mm-hmm. and and um, charitable because the words that 
come out of your our mouths have power. Okay. Yeah. So I was I didn't know if I was going to bring this up or not, but that kind of opened opened it up for mm-hmm. me to step in. Can I step in? Please. Yes. Because uh, I wanted to. So you, when you told me that we were going to talk about language tonight, I was like, oh my gosh, this is uh, providential maybe, because I'm reading this book on the side, com- outside of the two book groups that we're doing. Yeah. It's called The Formation of Chrysostom, and it's by uh, Christopher Dawson, who was a British dude who ended up, uh, um, he used to be a teacher at, at Harvard, and he was like known as a, a Catholic theologian and philosopher of the 20th, 19th, 20th century that was really, really... Um, well known and he's he's very Uh profound and he makes this argument or he makes this this stance that language is the foundation of culture and that even before you know before civilization language is what built up it separates us from the animals right he makes this even this this distinction that you can teach you can teach a monkey to ride a bicycle but you cannot teach a monkey to use language, you know, to, to say I love you. To say I love you, yeah, to, for for language, and or so, or at least to mean it. Right, you actually might be able to teach him to say it. I don't know, but um, but not a, a full like a language. Right, and so he says actually he makes this um, uh, argument that language is is the foundation of culture, and that words have this meaning, and that you know, with Christ being the logos, Christ being the word, mm-hmm. um, that he, he I want to I want to read this because I don't want to mess it up, but it was it was. Right. Uh, so it was so. It's great. one of the things that separates us from the animals, and like one of the things that we're made in the image of God. Right. And so he, he says in here that God not only is the giver of revelation, but He must also create a vehicle for its transmission mm-hmm. and the faculty for its reception. Right. So Christ, being the logos, you know, is he? He he's not only the word, but then he also creates a language in order for to transmit his love to us, but then also for us to understand and receive his love mm-hmm. from us. A very Trinitarian... Um, right, yeah. I mean, so th- just think about that. It's one of those things that's very simple that you kind of taken for granted, but the fact that we can speak is incredibly powerful. Which you can see also, like, the the degradation of culture when language gets abused, right? We even had mm-hmm. an episode, I think we saw Abuse of Language, Abuse of Power by right. the Peepster. Yeah. Um, and you can... Because words have such a strong meaning, that those in power and those to you know powers to be, mm-hmm. uh, when they abuse language, they right. abuse it for their own good. Um, in Try order to c- conflate words, you know, right. like shift things so that oh well, you know, it's like oh let's not use the word abortion, let's call it women's health, right. you know, stuff like that. And that's what culture is developed. That's up. the abusive language, right? So. Um, it, yes, I would use that example because you can, in fact, commit mortal. You can, you can, in fact, commit mortal sin with your words alone. You don't have to kill somebody with your deeds. You know, mm-hmm. your words alone could send you to hell. That's the thing. Uh, here's yes. here's another one from the Ten Commandments: You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Lying. Right. So the words we, we had, choose. We had a great conversation in the chancery um, this week on. What is lying? By the way, if you are curious, uh, Pat Flynn, a, a buddy of ours who've been on the show several times, he just hosted a debate with uh, Dr. Brian Song and Jimmy Aiken on uh, the morality of lying. Really? Yeah, just last week. It's a great. It was a great debate, um, and I think they're even going to go around too. So if you just look uh-huh. up uh, Song, B-E-S-O-N-G, for, uh, and Aiken on YouTube, you can find it. Sweet. Uh, Proverbs 11. 
Verse 9, by a word, the impious ruin their neighbors. Proverbs 21, verse 23, to watch over the mouth and tongue is to keep out of trouble. By the way, the book of Proverbs is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, the it's just like verse after verse, wisdom bomb after wisdom bomb. It's almost like it's a proverb. Yeah, dude. Every time. Uh, uh, Proverbs 15, verse 4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Um, Luke. Do you think that we've lost the art of, of remaining silent? Uh, I, I think so, because we're just so bombarded by noise all the time. Like, uh, we tend to, because that's what we input, we output the same thing. That I think people, A, are afraid of silence, and so we fill it with more noise, even if we're the ones having to make it. And so in that anxiety uh, that is present often in sil- when you're uncomfortable with silence, it's anxious. Um, you're liable to say some things that are, you know, improper. I see that a lot uh, with introverts. Right, whenever you're in discussions with them, that they get so almost they get a little like I was at, I had dinner this evening with a uh, a priest here in the diocese, and he was talking about how he was an introvert, uh-huh. and it's just so funny that he was an introvert because through the whole dinner he was talking, uh-huh. and knowing that we were going to talk about this, I was like just kind of paying attention, like thinking about language and like yeah, uh, you know when to speak, when not to speak. I think I you know I kind of made this connection, like I think it's because. He doesn't uh, know what to do with with silence with people around because he's an introvert. He's he's used to silence, and uh-huh. then he gets this anxiety of, oh, I guess I got to be talking because there's people here and we're supposed to have a conversation. And he, so he just keeps going, keeps going, has this kind of nervousness yeah. about him. Um, silence has such a power to it. Like I'm sure you, everyone can think of an example of someone who's like wise or well regarded. You ask them a question, and the first thing they do is they sit there. And they just, you know what I mean? They just, right. think, and that like silence, like draw it, it like it draws you in, draws like, everyone in. It's like, what's he going to say? Right. You know, there's something captivating about mm-hmm. wi- when you wield silence well. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, there, I have this, there's just a long list. It's just incredible of just the verses. I, I'm, you know, like uh, here's, I'll just read a couple more. Luke 6, 43 and 45, for no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each fruit is known each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes picked from the bramble bush. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil man out of the evil produces evil. For out of out of an abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. You know, so what's in what's the words that we use mm-hmm. are a litmus test for what's inside of us, right? Which is why the next verse I'm going to give you is so important. Okay. This is also why, like, when Fulton Sheen said that he would spend twice as much time in adoration as he did giving talks. He would be filled up with Christ in order to give out. That's right. We'll We'll be be right back. back. We'll be right back. Okay, guys. March 2nd is Ash Wednesday. That means over a billion people are going to start living different in some way, maybe giving up chocolate or alcohol or whatever. For a lot of Catholics, Lent is a time of finding the easiest way to give something up. But at the end of those 40 days, did that sacrifice really make a difference? 
This year, there's a new opportunity out there specifically for men that will actually help you grow closer to God and become a better man. You've heard me talk about Exodus 90 probably several times, but let me tell you about Exodus Lent. It's a 40-day journey that will challenge you to dig a little deeper. If your first reaction is, bro, I'm absolutely not taking cold showers. Well, then you're in luck, my friend. Men who take on the Exodus Lent get to take warm showers. They get to drink alcohol, and when you're with others, watch TV and sports. But don't be fooled. This will still be a challenging 40 days of preparation for living the Christian life for the rest of your life. Let me tell you how it works. First, over the 40 days of Lent, men commit to daily prayer, setting aside a minimum of 20 minutes to spend with the Lord. Each day includes a scripture reading and reflection written to help men better understand, grow in, and live virtue. Second, more than just giving up chocolate, men take up a range of disciplines and sacrifices for the season of Lent. Sweets, snacks, social media, all gone. Third, men commit to a fraternity of five to seven men. Each week, the fraternity meets to pray together, check in, hold each other accountable, and encourage one another. On Easter Sunday, you'll walk away with a new and lasting understanding of what it means to live the full Christian life. Chocolate bunnies and all. Sign up now at exoduslent.com slash TCMS, short for The Catholic Man Show. That's exoduslent.com slash TCMS. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, we're talking about our words. So one of the re- one of the verses we had in our readings recently, and I have I can, just scanning through this list here, I almost positive it's here, but basically it was saying to judge, don't judge a man until he speaks, because of of that verse I just gave you about you know it's what's in the man's heart that comes out of his mouth, and so by a man's words you can judge him is basically what it was saying. Not as if you're going to condemn him, judge him, go to heaven or hell. Not that kind of judging, but, you know, if you're trying to make a determination of his character, mm-hmm. then those are the kinds of things um, you should look for. And, you know, like, I think you know, we all know people who cannot, con- like, every other word is a cuss word. And it just wears me out. I didn't notice that. I think I after. used to be that way Yeah, me too. when I was younger. And one thing I've noticed since then is that whenever I'm around those people, it's infectious. Uh, if you're around someone who's using a lot, who, using foul language, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I catch myself uh, later on about to say uh, a word that I would never use. And I have to like, whoa, hold it back. And Port- it's like, where did that come from? Importance of the people you surround yourself with. Exactly, yeah. Um, but it just is, uh, I think it's, Probably, uh, it means that that person has little restraint in other areas of their life, too. You know, they're also probably not very creative. If you use, you know, certain words all the time, means that you probably are not that good at thinking of creative solutions to problems in general. That's what I would guess. But, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. So, um, the thing I think to really... I wanted to come at this from three different angles. Okay. The way we speak about the Lord, mm-hmm. the way we speak about others, and then the way we speak about ourselves. Okay. So, words have a way of forming us. The words other people use have a way of forming us, and then the way the words that we use certainly have a way of forming us. Um, 
it's it happens, of course, that maybe an idea occurs to you. Oh, like, ooh, say this. This would be funny. This happens to me all the time. Uh, tell this joke. You used to tell this joke a lot, and it's it always it makes kills. people. Yeah, exactly. But I know now that like that's not really appropriate. You know, it's that's not the kind of a, a saint wouldn't make that joke. Um, but when you that occurs to you, and when you say it, it, there's a form of consummation that takes place with that idea. You have now become one. You've given in and like kind of given yourself over to this idea, this concept. What do you mean? So like if you're tempted, like, oh, if you, um, you're like, oh, just, you know, just say it. Use this word. Say, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. When you give in to that, and you speak it, now you have given almost flesh to that temptation. Yeah, it's manifested. Right. It's, you've consummated with it. And so you have become one with it, and you can't really take it back. You can go and get be forgiven, um, whether you're doing it out of anger mm-hmm. or out of you know, trying to imp- you know, impress the wrong kind of crowd, whatever it may be, whatever it is, um, just you know, something that's inappropriate, you have you consummate with it. The same is true when we use the right words, when we uh, use words of charity, or when we don't, when we reject things, the temptations. I mean, this is, it's kind of the same way with temptation in general. When you give in, it has now become like you've given yourself over to that temptation. So um, certainly, when we when we use when we're talking about the Lord, we all want to always train ourselves with the words that we use, and I think good habits can be to uh, adjust your vernacular so that you use phrases that are the, are the kind of things you hope to, that would, the person would say, the person you want to become, they would use words like this. You know, like, say, when something good happens, praise God. Mm-hmm. Don't just say awesome. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with saying awesome. But it's better to say praise God. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had a I had a friend who, whenever you you know meet him, it's like, hey, Patrick, how you doing? He would always say, or how are you? He'd say, truly, truly blessed and highly favored. That's what he said every time, mm-hmm. no matter what. And it's like, what a great thing to say because it's a great reminder that oh yeah, you are. Um, the other day I was listening to Father John Ricardo, and he was talking about words, and he said, uh, especially with taking the Lord's name in vain, that he thinks the Lord's name in, is taken in vain more in the mass than any other time because it doesn't taking the lord's name in vain doesn't mean that you said it out of anger or with wrath or with bad intention it just means that you do it flippantly that you're not doing it you're not using his word his name um with respect you're not saying his name like properly reverently and we say his name all the time in the mass and you know like we're just kind of like nonchalantly going through i mean i know i do it i don't mean to Right. Um, but he, I thought he made a really good point that, like, wow. Hmm. Yeah, I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly don't want to or mean to. But, you know, when you go to Mass a lot, it does, it has just a tendency to get habitual. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm in the process of trying to teach our, teach our children to use words reverently, you know, use certain words reverently mm-hmm. and with, you know, with decorum, so to speak. Yes. You know, where, uh, you know, if there's a older man in the room that my son should well you know address him as mr in his last right. name you mm-hmm. know with, with um 
with just good manners. Right. And similarly, when we're when we're praying or something like that, that we we're not just using the Lord's name just irreverently, you know, mm-hmm. yelling it, screaming it, you know, doing what you know, whatever. Like, uh, what recently, Anna, she loves to sing and loves to dance uh-huh. and clap her hands and just yeah. She loves to just get it all out. Right. She is she's very got, animated. She's got joy, 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 joy down in her heart, baby. <laughs> down in her it's, heart. And she wants to get it out. Right. Oh, baby. But, you know, when we're when we're kneeling before the bed and we're praying, uh-huh. that is not the time to be doing such things. Yeah. It's not like time for to be excited. and I Right. Mean, and so I was trying, you know, I was teaching. Rambunctious. You know, I, was, I was talking to her and I was saying, you know, when we, using the word reverent, because we that's the word of of the month for us is just oh, reverence nice. yeah. you know and uh-huh. so i'm just continually telling her you know we we don't use that word we we don't use prayers irreverently we you know we do things for a specific uh-huh. you know, intention we're intentional about how how we pray and so our outward uh, disposition reflects our interior motives yes um and so and i used that exact phrase with her no i'm just joking because <laughs> she'd really understand uh-huh. that okay <laughs> but that's a great point because it goes both ways and mm-hmm. that our our actions inform our words our language and our language informs our actions they both train each other so if we're using bad language it's going to eventually become bad behavior if we're using uh good behavior that has a way of training us into using eventually better language. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly when it comes to the way we address and speak of our Lord, uh, we need to be very conscientious of what we allow into our home. People used to die just for using the, saying the Lord's name yeah. aloud. Yeah, I mean, it's like people would a get, big deal. It's in right. the Ten Commandments, you know. Mm-hmm. Um this is like one of the th- one of the things like I don't allow I don't watch movies that take the Lord's name in vain anymore. I just decided there is no movie that's worth mm-hmm. at my judgment, you know, the Lord sitting there going, like, "Really? This is the third time you've watched this movie? You know, you're just you're fine with the things the way yeah, the what way if the that movie, they treat like, me." What if the movie degraded your your wife? Right. You know, what if like you know the movie in the movie this hypothetical situation, it starts talking about like, it, yeah, it, it like was like had demeaning your wife. Yeah, specifically her. Yeah, Pam- Pamela, Lady right. Pamela. Right. You would not watch that movie. No, absolutely not. But what about your Lord and Savior? Yeah, how much more important? So uh, that's we just have to be conscientious. That's a we tough have to one, think man. About that it. is so tough. But movies are just not worth it. They're not. You're right. They're not. Um, so then, uh, the the language we use about others. Um, this one is I, even harder. I think it's kind of a cl- it's kind of clear cut when it talk- comes to how we address the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but often others, that's where you. That's where I find myself like, oh, I'm in a gray that's, area here. You know what right, I mean? Like I struggled as well. Um, because okay, let's say you need to. Sp- you're speaking critically of a, of something. You know, whatever it is. It's like, well, does it need to be said? Maybe it does. Maybe someone is about to hire uh, a contractor who you know is like, oh, you really shouldn't hire that guy. Like, he has a reputation for mm-hmm. ripping people off. He right. takes advantage. Of, like, you, you, I need to tell you that so that you don't, you know, okay, that nece- might be a necessary situation. But if you're just like, oh, man, have you guys heard about contractor so-and-so? He's the worst. Blah, blah, blah. I hear he just screws people over. You know, and like that 
Well, there's gossip. no reason for that. Right. Now, all of a sudden, you th- what you're really doing is poisoning yourself. You are giving in and consummating with this idea of tearing other people down. And you're really tearing yourself down. You are poisoning your soul by giving in to these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't separate your words and your actions. They're the same. Ha- speaking words are an action. Yeah, they're in- your intellect manifested. Right. So um, that's just something. I, I, hey, it's Lent. I think that's true. I don't give it up for Lent. Like, d- see if you can do this. Don't ever say anything uncharitable or critical, even about another person, unless it just really needs to be said. And it's hard. You'll you'll say, I'm going to do this, and then you'll realize, oh, man, I just had a long conversation, actually, that didn't need to be had. Um, and it, Just th- this week, I had to apologize for doing so. Well, I mean, it ha- that happens to me a lot. And then it does get challenging when other people bring it up, and you're like, um, yeah, I'm not sure what to do. Uh, but I have a story that actually happened at Clear Creek. I want to tell because I thought it was, it was like, you know what? That's how you do it right there. Okay. So uh, this is the end of the show. You got to go subscribe to our podcast to get the rest of this episode. More on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So... The Clear, the Clear Creek Workday was uh, this last weekend. I love the Clear Creek Workday. Um, getting to go out and serve the monks. Do some fun projects, too. Use chainsaws. Working with your hands. Right. Get to, like, do things that you wouldn't otherwise get to do. So I'm in this group, and uh, one of the guys wasn't there. And the other guys kind of started, like, just joking around about him because this other guy, his, you know, like... Anyway, my father-in-law stepped in and goes, hey, guys, I don't want to hear any of that. We don't need to have any of that kind of talk. And I was like, way to go, Dan. You know, and like, he knew, hey, we don't need to be saying any, like, this is is exactly what we're talking about. He knew this isn't going to help anybody. Um, And he also knew that none of the other guys, nobody was trying to, like, be vicious or, Mm -hmm. you know, be mean. Mm -hmm. Um, but it certainly wasn't building anybody up. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, and so I just, that was just a great example for me of like, that's what you do. Oh, that's how you behave in that situation. Cause that is a kind of a tough situation when somebody comes up to you and it's like, and they start, you know, kind of the backbiting and you know, you have to have the guts to like stand up, kind of stand up to them which can be incredibly hard. You know what I mean? Uh, you have to say like, hey, you just need to like move on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's going to take practice. Uh, but holding your tongue on things like that definitely has to take uh-huh. practice. It also takes intentionality. Like, you know, we've said on the show many times where it, uh, growing in the spiritual life a lot of it has to do with just saying, stopping, think about what you're doing right now, and is it a good thing or a bad thing? Mm-hmm. You know, wait, stop. What are you doing right now? Is it good or is it bad? Mm-hmm. And that happens with 
conversations, that happens with emails, that happens with text messages, that happens with eating. Eating. So like that's the thing is I think words are another form of appetite. Like I think that they kind of because you can be temperate with your words. And mm-hmm. so if it's temperance. Yeah, you're, you can have an appetite to like gossip or like yeah. get the skinny. You don't un- think things. about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get the like, oh, hey, what's the what's the inside word? You know, right. like, oh, who's uh, you know, like, yeah, what's the gossip on anybody here in the office? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's but it's tough to, because it also is a little bit of intoxicating. Right. Right. It is because you also feel it's like, oh, I just got to vent about this. Mm hmm. Uh, this person or can you believe he does it this way or you know whatever it is uh and then you feel better about it it's like good i got that off my chest Mm -hmm. but it wasn't good it wasn't like you know it's a struggle that's a struggle that kind of thing is very similar to rational rationalized behavior so when you rationalize rationalize a decision you choose something that you know isn't right and you need an, a constantly expanding base of peer approval in order for you to continue this rationalization. So in your mind, you have really tricked yourself into thinking, yeah, that was a good choice. Mm-hmm. But in your subconscious, you know it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But So you need peer approval. It's like, oh, Adam, you thought you, you, you thought I made the right choice, right? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, Dave, you great choice. And it's like, all right, good. And I feel, I feel fine about it for a minute until it's like, well... Uh, Jim, you th- you also thought I was the right. And Jim's like, yeah, it was a good choice. Like, okay, good. And so I need this constantly expanding base. The same is true with gossip. You kind of like, you're not satisfied when you receive the gossip. Oh, I need to tell somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so, I, oh yeah, I told somebody. That makes me feel good. Until it's like, well, I want to tell somebody else. And so you also need this constantly expanding base of peer approval, sort of, until finally someone says like, hey, that's none of your business. Quit talking about that guy that way. And then you get kind of mad at him, like, Ugh, who are you to tell me who to talk about? You know what I heard about you? <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so there's kind of some similarities there. Um, anything else before we move on to the way we talk about ourselves? Mm-mm. So um, did I ever read this? That's okay. There's tons of Bible verses about this, but um, the way we talk about ourselves, this is also really hard. There's a, um, this is where the virtue of humility comes in. Um, Super easy for you. I mean, obviously, I've got that down, mm-hmm. but I mean, I can tell by other in other people that it look it seems hard for them. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I watch you, Adam, yeah, I'm a prime looks, example. Just looks so hard. I understand. I pray for you. Thank you so much. Right. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll keep praying. Don't worry. Please don't stop. You're right. Um, but when the way we uh, flatter ourselves, the way we like talk about our own accomplishments, um, this is really hard not to do. Mm-hmm. And like I'm saying at the beginning of this episode, I am not good at any of this, but I'm working on it. I'm like, at least I'm trying. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um and someone might say, like, look, I've got a lot of other, you know, a lot of other things in, like, in my spiritual life or whatever. Like, this isn't that important. I've got mm-hmm. other things. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to be a saint. I want to, I, when I get to heaven, I don't want to, I want to I have less things to regret, not more. So I, 
I'm not okay. I'm not okay with like aiming at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, once I get to that level of holiness, that'll be good. I want all of it, right? I'm I'm going all the way. You can't be a half saint. No. Um so it's important to embrace everything. All aspects. Right. Yes. It's it's really hard. You know, it's like the litany of humility when you pray like from the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. Right. You know, I mean those kind of things. In I, the opinion of the world, let others increase and, and and I go unnoticed. Yeah, and I decrease. Yeah. Um those are the those are those are the hard things, especially whenever you're looking up to other people and you want to want them to acknowledge you and mm-hmm. um I can imagine the temptation that people in the academic world have with this, right? Because when you're in, when you're in the academic world, it's it's that's the temptation, right? It's like, oh, well, did you see the paper that I just published about this article, mm-hmm. or or did you see this reflection that I had on St. Thomas Aquinas doing that such and such? And you're you're wanting to use it as a a way of like trying to open up the conversation, but really what you're trying to do is like, hey, I belong because. We all want to belong. We all have a desire to be to, to be loved, right? Right, and and we want we want to be loved, and we want to uh, and, and to love, right? So if we try, we're trying our best to 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 be a part of something, mm-hmm. and so that way that we can also oh well, good you 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 I'm part of this now. Well, I love this too. So it's I mean that's just a kind of a human desire, right? So I can just see how in the academic world or in the professional world mm-hmm. when you're trying to you know, be like, hey, I belong here. You're, you're trying to make a name for yourself, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I first got out of college, that was a, uh, a constant temptation. I didn't really fight the temptation. I was not living super virtuously or didn't even like really consider it, right. to be honest with you. But yeah. uh, I would be in meetings and I would want to say something to make it sound like that, hey, I belong here. Right. You know, I, I carry my weight, so to speak. Uh-huh. Um, and those are temptations for sure. Yeah, I mean, it is, and there's such a balancing act because um, your reputation is something that you should that you should consider. You know, you, you actually sure. should, like with the litany of humility, I think that there's a kind of misconception that we should not care, even care about our repu- reputation at all, that we should just let it get dragged through the gutter, um, you know what I mean? And, I don't know, and that that that's actually not true. You should care about your reputation, um, but you shouldn't care about it for its own sake. You care about your reputation because when you say, "I love Jesus," that needs to mean something. If your reputation is worthless, then so is your uh, testimony to Christ. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Now, I definitely see what you're saying, but, you know, Christ gave the opposite example, right? Uh, he was being accused and he remained silent. Uh, he, you know, he, they asked, you know, they sure. were... He, well, he I'm not saying not, that you have to speak up all the time in order to defend your reputation, because your actions will speak a lot louder Because it really actually doesn't words. matter what the, your reputation to the, to the world is, as long as... Um, I mean, because the world doesn't mean... Your, your reputation in in the world would not mean near as much as well. If you live virtuously, your reputation will probably take care of itself. Right. Yeah, I agree. But there is, I think, a uh, misconception that's easy to easy to kind of get when you read the litany of humility. It's that would say, 
oh, your reputation, you know, just just destroy it, essentially. Uh, oh, yeah, don't be, like, don't go out of your, I mean, don't. You know what I mean? Actively. We we do actually care about our reputation. Sure. We, and we we want to strive for a good one. How do you do that? By living virtuously. Mm-hmm. We, and we don't want a reputa- good reputation for, for its own sake. Yeah. Um, Right. But I think there's another kind of notion, and this is like less to do with words, but it kind of has to do with the success that, oh, we should be striving for, we should be successful at work, as successful as we possibly can be. And we want to be, we want to do all things well, and we do want to be successful at, at the things that we do, but not necessarily as maximally successful as possible. You have to have the end in mind. Because, right? right, and you will you will end up sacrificing other things, you know, like, oh, I need to make more money. I need to make as much money as I can at my job. Well, maybe that's not true. Um, that, yeah. And that's just not, even in Catholic circles, I think that's probably not a very popular opinion. I'll tell you, here's a, another good one. When it comes to fundraising for Catholic organizations, the... You know, the fundraisers would tell you, you need to raise all the money you can. Mm-hmm. Because if you had more money, you could do more, right? It's like, well, yeah, but maybe I'm not called to do more. Christ, Christ hasn't called me to do as much as I can. He's called me to do some, to do some very specific service. That, and like, I want to do that and only that. I don't want to do more than that, because now it's me acting, not him. Mm-hmm. I want only him. And so... I don't know, that's just kind of like another not popular opinion. I actually don't think you should raise as much money as you can. I think you should raise exactly the amount of money that Christ calls you to, and no more. But when it, that just kind of like, I was thinking about the litany. Patreon.com slash the Catholic oh, yeah. Show. <laughs> With that, I know. Support us on Patreon. Um, <laughs> but just thinking about the litany of humility, and uh, just like how it does, it's, so, it's such a beautiful, powerful prayer uh, to orient your own internal attitude, but we have to be able to Every have. Every time these I words. pray that prayer, like at the very end, I, I end like internal, like it, internally, like just saying, like for the desire to actually desire these things. Mm-hmm. Because throughout, like, I, right. like, if I was being honest with myself, and I'm sitting here going through the litany of no, I don't desire I, that. I, I don't, I don't. But want. that's why you're praying it, like, right? For the desire. for the grace to desire it, right? Right. Um, and you're not even praying that it would happen. You're not even right. That's a great point. I mean, sure. it's, and it's not that you want others to be receive recognition and you to go unnoticed, but you want to desire it, right? Because I have a job where, like, I get paid based. A lot of it is based on my reputation. You know, mm-hmm. am I am I trustworthy? Am I going to give good advice? You know, or am I just going to like ruin somebody? So. I need to have a good reputation or I'll be out of a job. Right. Um, but I still want to have that charity in my heart where I want other, I desire the success of others before I desire my own success. And I, I can trust in that because it comes from God and he will take care of me. I firmly, you know, like I know that. But the words that we use about ourselves, I think are particularly uplifting or degrading. So our, if we are trying to build ourselves up, they will have the opposite effect and they will actually degrade us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... And again, I think I, 
I think personally, I, a lot of times when I try to build myself up, it, it is a sense of because I feel like I want to belong. Mm-hmm. Sure, which is a a normal thing. That I mean, that to me, that's like just in a self reflective mode. That's mm-hmm. that's when I try to build myself up because, well, even I'll, I'll on a natural that. level, I think if you look at people who are most successful in life. They tend to be the people who spend all their time building up the people around them. Sure. Yeah. If you read, have you read Good to Great? Have you read that book? No. Um, you're, when you start at Great, I mean, you know, I, right. can't, I can't even relate to that book. That has uh, no relevance for me. <laughs> but uh, he, he, he talks about like the fifth level of, of leadership, and you can always recognize like the highest level of le- leadership whenever. Uh, it's never about him. It's never about that or her. It's never about the person. It's always about like we as a team accomplished this. Uh-huh. And I was I was very lucky to be in the position that I was because of the people that I were, that I was surrounded by. Right. And you just spend your time building them up, right? So just and think, that's what I oh, uh, on just a natural level, like that. We're not even talking about the spiritual life, right? I mean, that's what I was doing in football, like like at, as the quarterback of a football team. Like when you're a leader of a sports team, yeah. your goal is to build everybody up to rally people together to to, to be a teammate, mm-hmm. right? You know, to accomplish the mission together. This is one of the uh, I think the virtues that are are, are really highlighted in sports, right? Is yeah. is that there are leaders and natural leaders in sports mm-hmm. and though the best leaders regardless of whether they're the the best athlete or not, the best leaders are the ones who build up the other people. And it's ne- so like when you, and you always can recognize this, this whenever they're doing interviews afterwards or something like that. It's never about, well, yeah, I threw 300 yards. That's why we won. It was that, no, my line uh, blocked really well for me. Did you see the running back make that cut on the 20-yard line? That's yeah. what got, the, got us totally. there. So those are the type of people um, that build other people up. Those are the, the level five leaders that that, that book um, yeah. so, goes to. So humility is speaking rightly about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not speaking less about yourself or speaking about yourself less as you might often hear i think it's kind of a silly phrase but it's speaking rightly about yourself and understanding rightly about yourself so if you acknowledge one of your gifts then you need to do so at least internally with the recognition that this is a gift given to you Mm -hmm. that you didn't achieve that gift you didn't create that skill by yourself it was something given to you from your heavenly father Um, and so that comes back once again full circle to the words we use, praise God, you know, um, because we need to have that recognition towards him for all the things that we, all of our positive things and all of our negative things, we can say, by God's grace, I will persevere or by, you know, whatever. So there are, think about the words we use. um, Think about some phrases that you've maybe heard other people use uh, that you would like to adopt and consider for Lent giving up see if you can go until easter and and hopefully beyond without saying a single critical thing about another person that doesn't absolutely have to be said be a challenge your hair looks terrible by the way thank you that needed to be said i told my wife today i need a haircut (laughs) and by god's grace i will get one (laughs) all right what do you think about the overall this, this whiskey it's fine a mixer yeah <laughs> throw some coke it in is, it or it whatever is a, it is a mixer yeah sweet bottle though <laughs> it will definitely yeah. stay I mean, we told studio. you about the bottle yeah <laughs> anyway all right I'm, I'm good i'm exhausted i was i was tired before we even started the show <laughs> okay <laughs>